This is your Week in Gaming, episode 17, recorded for the 11th of August 2023, to bring you all the latest news from the world of gaming. On today's episode of the podcast, we talk dark and darker early access, acute RTX 4060, BG3 news, and Magic the Gathering crossovers. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 17 of your week in gaming. Uh, we're recording this podcast on in South Africa on the day of National Women's Day. So we just want to give a big shout out to all the women in gaming, whether you're uh, front end, uh, back end, the characters that we've had in games, great protagonists and villains that have been women. So big shout out to you, to, to you ladies. Uh, I'm joined and the by... And podcasters as well, because we love you too, and you're technically tied to gaming, so... Yeah. It, any woman involved in gaming whatsoever, you guys, you, the, the the work that you do never goes unseen. Uh, I'm joined by, as you could hear, co-host Samantha. Hello. I too am a woman in esports and gaming. So happy <laughs> me day. <laughs> happy happy you day, chilling. So public holiday decided to, you know, let's just do the, uh, the podcast and things. So Sam, I wanted to ask you, you know, obviously gaming has had a lot of Women in in terms of protagonists and villains. What is your personal favorite protagonist or villain that you've had in uh, in gaming? Ooh, that's that's tough. I think there's a bit of recency bias in that I absolutely love Lilith. I think she's so cool, Diablo Four. Mm, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. That being said, I'm also a big. I was a big Jaina Proudmore fan, and then she just like lost the plot entirely. Like she just went off of her rocker, bro. I think that's kind of just poor writing, I think, really, at the end of the day from Blizzard's No, 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 no. she just went, the, no, the thing is, though, she does this, she goes in cycles, it was like, like, she, so she was like, oh, I'm gonna go help the, the orcs, because they're not that bad, right, and then her dad got killed, and she just went absolutely nuts, right, and then she came back, and she's like, okay, cool, peace and harmony, love and friendship, <laughs> and then, and then, uh, no, not Anduin, uh, which, which Stormwind was it, Stormwind King, Anduin's dad? Um, uh, Varian. Varian. Varian was yeah. killed in the battle on the Legion Island or whatever. And then she was like, yeah. ah, I killed the Horde, killed the Horde. You know, and she just went absolutely nuts. She became a raid boss, which was a huge joke, but it ended up happening. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then, she was and a then, raid like, boss she, for the Horde. Yes. And then she yeah. kind of like chilled a bit. And then she was like, yeah, okay, love, peace, and friendship. Let's get along. And I was just like, man, you are nuts, bro. Like, you, you are actually unhinged. Person- <laughs> Not as personal unhinged fa- as Sylvanas, but you know. Oh, Sylvanas is a great, you know, at first she was a great uh, war chief and everything. She's right up there in terms of like, you know, great female. I think she, you could pretty much say she's a villain, right? At, at some stage she did oh, turn yeah. villains. She, she was my war chief, but unfortunately uh, not so much anymore, which, which kind of sucks. But I think another, another great female character that we had in games was uh, the... Um, Horizon Zero Dawn, uh, Aloy. Oh yeah, was 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 really really good. To uh, the whole story and everything from Horizon was really great. So a very well written out character, and uh, yeah, it, somebody that shows that you know very strong. Don't need yeah. no man. <laughs> I love that there's there's more of a lean in giving women a position in in gaming, like a, like an impactful position, you know? Like, they've always been women in gaming, running around in mm. their skimpy armor that's somehow more powerful than the armor that actually covers their bodies. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's nice to oh. see that they're given actual impactful roles more and more. Like, this isn't something brand new. It's mm. not something that just happened yesterday. Um, it's been happening for a long time, but it's just cool to see that, it, you know, strength to strength and all that. Yeah, and if you if you guys ever want to listen to or at least watch a really funny video about 
uh, female all-man games, there is a YouTube channel called Viva La Dirt League. And they did a video on it. If you want something that's really funny to watch, go and watch that. They do a lot of gaming videos and like logic on games and stuff. And it's some of it is really, really fantastic. Definitely would suggest going and give them a watch. Gaming news now in PvP dungeon crawler Dark and Darker is out in early access right now. That's right. PC Gaming reports that the game has released in early access. Whilst the Nexon lawsuit has not yet been finalized, which is probably why the game is not on Steam as of yet, it is out via their website and a storefront called Chaff Games. The game is available for $35 USD, or you can get the foundation or the Founders Edition at least with other goodies for $50. Now, they do have a shop for items, as most games nowadays do, but at least CEO Terence Park has given some reasons for it. All right. Um, he's come out and said in an interview with PC Gamer, our assumption when we started this company was that we could still build a lucrative business while still being true to your fans. The in-game shop is our attempt at being realistic with the, the business of running an online game, but trying to find a way to do so without resorting to random loot boxes and FOMO items. We want to offer players a fair way to support us whilst enjoying the game. Please let us know how you think we're doing on this front. I'm really excited to give the early access a try. I did play you know, some of the demos and the small little releases that they had back in the day. It's a lot of fun. And at least they're honest. They said, listen, guys, we want to make money, but we also don't want to shaft you guys as the other uh, customers, which I can understand and I can get behind. Uh, it's a good move by Terrence Park. Yeah, I, I know that like, so I'd be curious to see how exactly the model works and what exactly it is you're paying for. And I'll, So uh, a game that we've been talking about quite a bit recently, Palia, uh, which is now in closed beta. The open beta is going to uh, launch. Well, it would have launched yesterday. Uh, in fact, mm. if I'm if I'm not wrong in saying anyway, and the game itself is not pay to win, so kudos. The only thing you pay for is cosmetic, but there are literally no free cosmetics. And as at recording, I have not seen any way to craft cosmetics either. So if you want to change your outfit from there's there's a few options when you create your character. It's not like you just get this like bog standard burlap sack mm. shenanigan. <laughs> um, but if you want to change out of that into something different and you can change into some of the other starter outfits, but if you want to get new outfits, you have to pay, which I don't have a huge issue with cosmetics being paid for. I, I've never had a problem with that. I would much rather that than pay to win. The problem comes in is that they've checked, they've taken a model very similar to quite a lot of other games. Uh, one of the games that comes to mind, in fact, uh, Valorant Diablo Immortal. And that is that you, uh, you have to buy like in-game currency effectively. Mm. And the in-game currency comes in like little bundles that you can buy. And then they'll tell you like, okay, 50 currency. I'm going to like throw out random numbers. Like 50 currency is like $5. But if you want to get, you know, 200 currency for $20 or whatever it is, we'll throw in an extra, right? So like you're getting mm -hmm. bonus currency because you've bought a bigger pack. The problem is that like, say your bundles are in 50, 200, 350, and 500, right? throw an example mm. out there but a skin you want is 220 so now you have to buy multiple packs and you'll mm -hmm. more than likely have left over because you're not paying the exact amount for the thing you want now yeah. in a game like valorant or okay diablo Immortal is another thing entirely but like for valorant because they're always bringing out all these skins and stuff i don't find it as predatory I feel like it just, it adds up and eventually you're going to just buy more and more stuff. But for something like Paleo, like if there's something specific that you want, I, 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 and same with Diablo Immortal, because it had to do with like doing content, 
Um, yeah. You needed to pay money in order to do specific content. Like then it starts to become somewhat predatory. So yeah. that's why. I, so I bring it back to uh, to dark and darker. And I really hope that it's a different. Like this is the thing I want. It costs X amount. Cool. I pay X amount. I get the thing I want, and off we go. And I also hope that it's not pay to win. Right. Th- those are like my two criteria. And if, if they stick with that, then I'm happy. Yeah. Look, I actually haven't gone and played early access myself. I do have a couple of uh, friends that I game quite a bit with that are in it. So if I don't get to try it prior to that, I'll definitely have a chat to them and just have, you know, let them stream the uh, the game on Discord so I can have a look and see. But I do hope it's not predatory in, in that sense. I'd rather, I'd, I'd be happy to know that, okay, cool. That shirt that you want is $2. Fine, I will pay the $2 for it. Don't make me go and buy an in-game currency in order for me to purchase something. And then I have leftover currency or I need to buy more currency than what I actually want. You know, just... If, if I want to get something, if you're going to tell me it's like, if you're going to use in-game currency as a thing, right, that's fine. But then let things be a round number. So if you want to buy something then say it's 800 silver coins, whatever you want to call it, I need to, I should be able to have the option to go and purchase 800 silver coins on your store to then use it. You know, mm-hmm. that, that, that's what I want to get to. So don't make us have leftover currency. That's, that's all, that's anything we want. Just be honest with how much things cost. Also, if you're going to have an in-game currency, make it ownable in-game as well. Sure, mm. you know, you could have it at like a reduced rate. So you're not going to yeah. like farm hundreds and thousands of it and buy out the store in a week. But, you know, a way to slowly build that up so that you can, you can like uh, League of Legends is a really good example. You can buy yeah. the characters or you can play the game for millions of hours and unlock all of the characters that way. That's cool. I'm happy with that because in a way it's it's kind of pay to win if you want a specific character and you don't have it. Although if you have the Xbox Game Pass, you get all the characters. So hehe, <laughs> which is still kind of pay to win, but <laughs> you can just play to unlock the characters you want. It takes time, but it is an option, which makes it a little bit better. I just also want to say on the whole thing of um, obviously they're trying to make money. I do know that they also had a donation link at a point i don't know if they still have it but they're trying to raise funds for their legal fees (laughs) for this legal battle that's going on because chances are they'll win like chances are a judge is gonna look at it and go yeah this is nonsense like it's fine they're Mm. fine but going up against a huge dev with so much Mm. money in their pockets it will likely bankrupt them before they get a chance to actually go to court so I, i i do know that that's something that they've been trying to um raise up for as well and again it's 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 optional like they're not begging or they're not forcing anybody to do it it's not part of your fees or whatever it's like hey if you want to help out if you enjoy the game and you want to see it survive then please do i don't generally talk about tech it's not my thing but (laughs) this week i'm actually pretty excited and the reason i'm excited is because i'm someone who's been looking at upgrading my pc i need a new graphics card and i recently discovered that both my motherboard and my pc case are too small to house a new gpu my GPU is one of those itty bitty little one fan babies, and there is literally no space to fit a new GPU. This is depressing me. So when I found this little bit of news, I was very excited, and I'm sure that a lot of people will be able to relate. So Colorful is set to launch the cutest little RTX 4060 Ti 16 gigabytes. That's a pretty dope card. If you just look at like 4060 Ti 16 gig, like that's really good. But what's super mm-hmm. exciting about this is that it is mini. It's got one little fan. It's only about 20 centimeters in length. It's still a dual slot plus card. And sure, it's a little bit tall, but it's going to fit in most 
small form factor cases, not the absolute smallest ones, but you know, it, it's more manageable. It's more doable. So that's a really cool little thing that's coming out. The one concern here is um, in terms of like uh, heat sinking and like, you know, keeping airflow and whatever bigger cases tend to be more like they're just better at it, right? Like you can get mm. more airflow going, you can keep your PC a little bit cooler, whereas the smaller ones are going to generate quite a bit more, uh, bit more heat. And obviously with these high power cards, they're probably going to be generating a lot more heat. So there are a few questions there in terms of like, how exactly is that going to work logistically? Are people going to be willing to risk it? They also said that there isn't a word on price or availability just yet but they're hedging their bets on about $500 which a decent amount of like that's a decent chunk of cash to potentially throw at something which might like explode your PC because it overheated or whatever so I I will obviously be uh, waiting for the reviews to come out but if it looks like it, it'll survive and it's going to do the thing, then I, I might be upgrading sometime soon. Yeah, I was actually having just a look at the uh, pictures. It is, it looks, you know, at first when I saw the, uh, the the picture, you know, obviously it's not the actual size of it. And I was like, oh, that looks like a nice little wallet, you know, at first. But you know what, you know, being, re- you know, a little bit more uh, serious at the moment, it, it's, it's a really powerful packed card. Um, if it is coming out at about $500, a lot of these new cards, because of them being so big, a lot of people need to go and buy new chassis, sometimes new motherboards and everything in order to, to accommodate. So to have something that's going to come in with a 165 watt TDP and that is so compact is really, really great. Uh, maybe this means that, you know, people are also getting to a stage where, you know, these parts and everything become a lot smaller, a lot smaller, a lot smaller. Mm-hmm. And that's when you start seeing them in portable devices, things like laptops, etc. So if if this is the kind of drive, you know, at a at a good price as well, five hundred bucks for for the card is 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 a really good price, especially for something like a forty sixty Ti. That means that you don't need to go and upgrade chassis and everything like that as well. Is real bang for buck. So you know, good good on you guys. Uh, good on you, uh, colorful. That's 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 really cool. Uh, who knows? Maybe I might also just go and get it. I've got a big enough case to accommodate. But also, when you go and look at those cards, and I can just get a forty sixty Ti, like that's that's going to be fine. It'll be a massive upgrade for me. But you know what? I'll, I'll be quite happy. <laughs> <laughs> like I was looking at the thirty series, and then I saw this like cute little bitty little forty series, and I was like, ooh. Again, we don't know when it's coming out though, so it could be a hot minute before we can actually get our hands on it. But it sounds exciting. Maybe maybe early twenty twenty four. But we will just have to wait and see. So sticking with some more PC gamer news and uh, interviews and things that they've done. They recently did an interview with Larian Studios founder Sven Vink, and I probably bo- butchered the name, so I, I sincerely apologize, but it is what it is. Um, and they had a discussion about possible game expansion. Now, the game has been a massive success with peak players on Steam hitting over 800k. As of recording slash preparing for this, Baldur's Gate 3 has had an overwhelming positive review which is about 57,000 reviews. And overall, it's been very positive, right? That means it's basically like 90% of people have said, listen, it's a great game, whatever case, and they recommend it. Uh, now, currently, the game is capped at level 12. Um, when they were asked, well, when Laren was asked about the expansions, Ven had said, Honestly, we haven't started on an expansion. I mentioned it would be a very hard get- thing to do with very good reason. Because the game is based in D&D, levels 13 to 20 is when players start getting access to spells that are 
incredibly powerful, giving them close to near godlike uh, powers. And it can be very difficult to imitate in a game. Some of these spells, like astral projection, allow you to just go running around in the astral plane. Probably a little bit easier to do, maybe. Uh, foresight, which is a thing that allows you to see somewhat into the future. Possibly able to do, but also very tricky. Power word kill, which just kills anything below 100 HP. And then wish. Yes, wish, just as open-ended as that, at a table, you know, is very critical to how things are worded and stuff. It's very difficult to try and imitate something like that into the uh, the game. Whilst they've said it's not off the table, they did say it would take a very long time. Games that, uh, another D&D game that is available on PC is Solosta Crown of the Magister. Uh, that was also capped at level, uh, I think it was originally level uh, 10 or so. They did push that up with the uh, the new expansion to about level 16. But they've also said, like, even getting to 16, there's a lot of limitations that they have to have um, within the game. And they don't foresee it going higher because things like the Wish spell, etc. just cause a lot of havoc. But it's been a real big hit unless you're one of our friends that's been absolutely raving on it. Uh, but I, I digress. It's, 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 it's nice to know that, you know, at least honestly, listen, we haven't even thought about that. There was another interview that they had where they're like, listen, they thought that their hype was over in early access. And that was it. And the, the response that they've had to people playing the game has been overwhelming for them. And it really and truly has been a, a hit from, from release. The thing that I will say, so so I'm the kind of person, if they came out and they said, all right, we're making an expansion, but this list of spells will not be available in the expansion because they're too game-breaking, difficult to simulate, blah, 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 blah. I'd be like, all right, cool, fair enough, makes sense. But I don't know how the rest of the player uh, player base would respond to something like that. I feel like it could create a bit of backlash. So I'd be curious on what your thought on that one is, Andrew. Because as I say, for myself, I'd, I'd be happy. Yeah, I'd be fine. Look... The main thing is, I think a lot of players in, you know, especially a lot of PC gamers, all they really want is honesty. Just be mm. upfront with us and tell us what you're doing, what you're not doing, what you can do, what you can't do. And if you say, listen, it's too complicated, it's it's just going to cause too many issues, we cannot do it, but this is what we're going to be doing and everything. At least then you're being upfront, people know, okay, cool, am I going to buy it? Or no, I'm not going to buy it. You know, don't make us buy it and then realize, hold up, this is actually trash. And it just becomes a, a grudge purchase or whatever down the road. So I'm quite happy for them, you know, if they were to make an expansion, say, listen, guys, okay, here we go. It's up to level 20. But these are the spells that we've had to take out because, like, there's just no way to imitate them. Boom, here's the list. And then let them have uh, creativity in order to say, okay, well, guys, guess what? Here's a whole bunch of spells that we have made to try and mm. either match the power level of those, maybe bring it back a little bit. Um, and these are the extra things, you know, and let people weigh up the pros and cons. We just, we just want honesty. That's the only thing we want. Don't, don't lie to us. Bro, that's all. More devs understood this. It is insane. Like when you see patch notes come out and you look at it and you go, why? I don't understand. Like yeah. what? And then the devs yeah. are just like, mum's the word. And they don't explain anything. It was just like, just we'll, we will, 90% of your player base are going to understand but right now, 0% of your player base understands. Like, just yeah. just explain things. And it'll yeah. make us like you more. We'll be like, oh my goodness, this dev, they're so honest. We want to support them because they actually care about their players. Yeah. <sighs> Rant over. It's, Im imagine a gaming publisher or gaming developer in 2023 releasing a game with no first day DLCs, 
no paywall, no microtransactions or anything. And they just publish a game and say, here we go. There's the entire game. Enjoy it. Imagine. Imagine a company just making a good game and be like, here we go, guys. Here's the game. Enjoy it. That's It's, it's complete. There's no other extra. And you pay the full money for it. And that's it. Nothing else. Imagine. It, it feels like Andrew, such a foreign capitalism. concept. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we, were, we were literally just talking about it and like, yeah, like I'm all for capitalism. But just be just be honest. And like, here we go, guys. Yeah. Here's the game. It's fully complete. It's done and dusted. That's it. That's mm. great. I'm, I'm, I'm all for that. Just give me a game that I've paid for. Don't hide. This is the thing. Like, like things like DLC and stuff, nobody has a problem with that. We only have a problem with it if you have launched an unfinished game and now we have to buy DLC in order to finish the game. Yeah. But like if, you are, if you're putting out a complete product, like I'll give you an example, right? Neverwinter Nights. Neverwinter Nights has a ton of DLC. You don't have to buy it. It's mm-hmm. just adding more stories to like separate stories to play through so basically how it works is it's also based on uh, dungeons and dragons and when you buy the game you have i think three campaigns that you can play through uh the one is like a standalone and then two of them is like this is the one and then this one is like a follow-up like for those that understand like tyranny of dragons and um Mm. I can't remember what the other one's called, but two campaigns that follow on one another. Then you get the DLC and it's like, here is a whole new standalone campaign that you can play through if you'd like to spend money on it or don't. It's not going to affect the base game in any way, shape or form. That is amazing for a game as old as Neverwinter Nights that is still bringing out downloadable content. Awesome. It's thriving. Slay, live your best life. But for these games that are bringing out things that it's like, haha, if you don't buy this, you're missing out. You're not going to be able to do whatever content you can't play. Blah, 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 blah. Just yeah. get lost. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Magic the Gathering. Yeah. We spoke a little bit about Lord of the Rings cards uh, last week. 2.6 million dollars. <sighs> Another, you know, <laughs> uh, opportunity for me to absolutely mold. This week, however, it is not mold worthy. It's. It's kind of cool, but also kind of like hmm, capitalism. So Magic has announced three new crossovers. One that we already knew about was Assassin's Creed. So we're going to get Assassin's Creed Magic cards. Woo! We are now also getting Fallout Magic cards and Final Fantasy Magic cards. Now, I'm in kind of like two minds about this. Uh, for things like Assassin's Creed, Fallout, Lord of the Rings, fair enough. For something like Final Fantasy, I feel like that's the kind of game where you could have made your own card game. Like, can you imagine how much money Square Enix could make if they brought in a team to make their own card game? Now, obviously, the rights to it will have had to have been bought by Magic. So cool, you get a nice little lump sum and you'll probably get like some of the royalties. But essentially, it is now Magic's, you know, IP. Which, whatever, it is what it is. Uh, I know that the Magic fans will probably be really excited about this. I will also say that the hype after Lord of the Rings shows me that people who have never played Magic in their lives, who have no intention of playing Magic in their lives, and who barely understand how the game works, will still buy those cards. Zach. So now we have Fallout, (laughs) Assassin's Creed, and Final Fantasy. And the fans of those three, and of course this is exactly what... Magic the Gathering is pandering to. They are trying to increase their market. It's not really increasing their player base. I'm sure that some people will buy the cards, look at them and go, ooh, this looks kind of fun, and then they'll start playing it. But Mm. a lot of the people that are involved in this are just collectors, which is fine. But, you know, just something to be aware of that it's not necessarily um, long-term. Oh, also, I just see there will also be Jurassic World cards. Transformers. Oh, my hat. There are so many crossovers coming through with Magic the Gathering. This is insane. 
to, to be fair, by looking at the the, uh, the the article that where you're referencing, some of these will probably only be commander sets, which is like mm. a, a a very casual way to play. It's it, it's not like a very competitive, but I mean the things that you can do in commander are are wild, and I mean that's basically a hundred card deck. Uh, that's led by a single commander. If I'm not mistaken, it also has to be a hundred singles uh, cards, except for your lands, right? You can only have a, mm-hmm. one copy of each card within the, uh, the the commander. So it can be a f- very fun way to play uh, M- Magic: The Gathering. Again, when it comes to these crossovers, I've got no issue. I mean, mm-hmm. when I was, when back when I was still playing Magic: The Gathering, there was the Ikoria set that came out which was the, the crossover with uh, Godzilla and everything and, you know, all the other big creatures that Godzilla has fought. Uh, there was, the, um, like, Mothra, etc. So there was all of those. It was a ton of fun. That was that was uh, playable in standard. Then uh, the next big crossover whilst I was still playing was obviously the, uh, the Adventures of the Forgotten Realms, which was the uh, D&D crossover that they did, which was... I mean, same same company, really, ultimately. But it was a really fun crossover, and it was really fun. Mm. So having this letter being commander, again, no issue. If if it brings more people to enjoy a game such as Magic the Gathering, which can be a lot of fun to play, assuming you can stay up, you know, if you want to be competitive, you're going to be throwing money at the game, which it, it is what it is. But, I mean, most card games are like that, whether it be Pokemon, whether it be Yu-Gi-Oh!, mm. Uh, all of these, you're going to have to keep up with the cards that are coming out if you want to stay competitive in the formats. Or you could just say, no, you know what, I'm not. And you can play some of the other formats, the older formats, whether it be historic, mm-hmm. like on MTGA, there's modern, there's, oh man, there's so many. And there's, there's so many different formats. You can play singleton, pauper. There's all these other formats which can be a lot of fun to play in uh, in MTG. So if it's going to bring more people to enjoy a really fun card game, I'm all for it. Bring it on. TCG, the original pay to win. Um, yeah, I very actually much. think I prefer. <laughs> I think I prefer the. So it says here, Fallout uh, will arrive in the form, as you said, of a pre-constructed deck for use in Commander. I quite like that. You buy one deck, you have all the cards, collections complete, off you go, on your merry way, happiness. But Final Fantasy, for example, which is only scheduled for 2025, that'll be the the next one after Fallout, as I understand it, there will be a tentpole release available in booster packs and presumably presumably legal across various formats. This means that you will have to pay to keep buying booster packs to find the cards you want or to collect the entire set depending on what your your end goal is right like if you're if you're just a final fantasy fan you think the cards are cool you want to collect all of them prepare to spend if you're just a magic the gathering fan and and you think the idea of final fantasy cards is cool well then you know happy for you but i I don't really like that anyway that's it like i think that the for, for these crossovers i think that the commanders make a lot more sense but obviously the booster pack thing will bring in a lot more money because capitalism. <laughs> That's my new favorite song, guys. I wrote it uh, earlier today. Uh, it's a really good song. Uh, out on Spotify soon. <laughs> Published by Samantha. Indeed. In conjunction with the Your Week in Gaming podcast. <laughs> so on the topic of magic, Critical Role's new tabletop system, Daggerheart, was reviewed and playtested last week at Gen Con, and I've been incredibly excited reading up on the system. So this is going to be a slightly longer news segment just to get the news out there. It's a brand new system. People don't necessarily know what it is. So I'm just going to quickly run through it. It is not a full in-depth of what was released. If you want to find out more, you can go to Daggerheart 
com, and there is like a, a transcription of what was said at Gen Con, so you can go check that out. But I'm going to try and give the headlines here. So Daggerheart is not a D20 system as previously expected. It is a 2D12 system with each D12 needing to be a different color. And this is because one will be your hope die and the other your fear die. You roll both die and depending on which die rolls higher, that will determine the kind of roll you make and what some of the narrative effects might be. For example, if you roll a total of 16, you have a nine on hope and seven on fear, then it's a roll with hope. You gain a hope resource that you can spend, narrative effects, etc., etc., and vice versa for fear. Character creation seems somewhat simplified, but with plenty of choice, you have 27 ancestries to choose from, as well as nine or 10 different clocks. Losses, and world building becomes more collaborative with the players as you play, not just solely DM created, which I think takes a lot of pressure off of DMs and it makes it a lot more immersive for players as well, which is really cool. The death system is what I'm most excited about. Okay, this is so cool. It is vastly different from our typical kind of 5e uh, Pathfinder, like all the other systems, right? It's very, very different. And I would say so much more fun. Instead of simply falling prone, rolling death saves, and waiting to see if your party heals you or you die, you now get three options. One, you can choose to go out in a blaze of glory, which uh, grants an auto-crit on an attack as you fall, but your character dies. Option two, you can choose to lose hope, which means you lose some of your hope resource permanently to regain some hit points. So stay of execution, you carry on. Finally, you can risk it all, and roll both your hope and fear dice, and whichever one is higher will determine if you die. So this is like a caution to the wind, let the fates decide. This is dope because it adds narrative consequences and makes it a really fun mechanic that you actually have to think about. Which option are you going to choose? Is the big bad about to die and all of your friends are just about on the ground and you know that if you go out in a blaze of glory, you could save everyone? Or do you, you know, risk it all, roll the two dice, see what the fates decide because whether you live or die isn't that important to the party and you want to see what happens, right? You'll have a really cool way of narrating what happens when you die. It's so cool. And the other thing is that in Classic 5e, death becomes nothing more than a minor inconvenience at a certain level. There are like three different spells that you can use to bring people back to the death, one uh, back from the death, one that you have to use within a minute, one that you can use within like 10 days or something, and one that's like forever and ever, oh man, you just bring someone back. Uh, they're expensive spells, but when you get to a high enough level, you have more money than you know what to do with. You have all the components in the world. You can cast all the spells and it's just like, ah, he died. No worries. There you go. Cast a spell. He's back. Carry on. So I find that a lot less fun. This is all the information we have so far, but I'm so excited. I'm so excited, bro. Like, I thought Candela Obscura was cool. This is cool. I can't wait for more information. I'm quite happy that there's a lot of people that are bringing out some new systems, right? You know, since the uh, since Hasbro made it a little bit obvious what they were trying to do when they were trying to change that OGL, uh, the... Capitalism. The- the 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 open that open gaming license I think it is or content or the OCL whatever whatever that license is called right where OGL. people could use it to 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 go and create their own things and when they wanted to make those changes with like not really telling anybody just like a handful of people and it got leaked I think it was a very good way of people you know people were like okay well hold on this is livelihoods people you know have have gone on this this license and things and by the look of things you know they've just said you know what we actually can't change that license it is what it is. 
I'm I'm all for multiple systems. I just don't want to get to a stage when there's twenty different systems to go and choose from. And I'm like, well, I, I'm playing I'm playing Dungeons and Dragons with friends on Friday. I'm then playing Powered by the or you know Monster of the Week with people the next day, and then Candela Obscura, and then Dagger Heart, and then Pathfinder, and then all of a sudden there's all these different rule sets that I need to try and remember. I think that's just me being silly, but I mean. The basis of it, you know, the the two D twelves are. I, I like the simplicity. I also like clicky clacks, so I'm I'm indifferent to the, uh, the two dice and everything. But it does sound cool. I like the fact that the uh, the world can be created with the with the players and all. Another system that kind of does it very similar is the monster of the week, which is that whole supernatural cross Buffy the Vampire Slayer uh, role play game, which also you only use like. 2d6s two six-sided dice and that's all that you need and the game master or dungeon master doesn't actually roll dice yet literally there's there's not a single dice roll that they do which is also you know very interesting it's very unique so i'm i'm looking forward to seeing a little bit more about this and i do hope that critical role go and actually show something you know do a a small little run of series on their twitch or whatever the case is they they're really really big i'm I'm going to assume that it will probably be um man what is the name of their public darrington press are probably going to be publishing this right yeah that's right yeah. yeah so yeah so if you if you enjoy uh critical role they do a lot of work in, in in the things that they do. They put a lot of hours in. They've got some of the best creative minds out there. So if if you like their stuff, I would, yeah, go check out Daggerheart. It looks cool. So there's so much news that we've actually had this week. So we've got a little se- uh, segment that, we've pretty, that we decided to start last week. And, you know, this just seems to be more and more news, you know, as the year goes on. But uh, just some special mentions that we've got here. So Red Dead Redemption's re-release, which we reported on a few weeks ago, has been confirmed. But only on console including switch though which is nice valorant mobile has entered closed beta in china the only country where it's going to be made available mobile gaming is hugely popular in china so this is unsurprising but perhaps they'll roll it out to more regions later on depending on its success yep Uh, sony is beta testing some cloud streaming games on the ps5 which will only be available on launch uh, to playstation plus premium members because of course it's going to be limited to them. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3 finally has a release date. Not much is known about the game yet though. There have been a number of leaks and it is also unknown what platforms it will release on. But we know the game is coming on 10 November. We will report more as we receive more information. Also, little Easter egg for any of you Call of Duty Five Finger Death Punch fans. Zoltan Bathory, guitarist for Five Finger Death Punch and one of a handful of US Army certified combatives instructors in close combat, haha, is getting a character based on him in Call of Duty 2 and Warzone. Look out for Oz in-game and see if you can spot the similarities. Apex Legends Season 18 sees no new legend being released, a rework of Revenant double XP gains in mixtape mode matches, the removal of end-of-ranked skydive trail rewards, uh, changes to the uh, the charge rifle and more lore on Horizon. Jay Sapkowski is writing another Witcher book. Do gamers care about books? Well, perhaps some. But gamers definitely care about the possibility of a new Witcher game in the future. That would be really, really cool. <laughs> uh, Nintendo has announced that Princess Peach will be getting her own game in 2024. Of course, of course she is. Happy Women's Day! <laughs> Paizo has announced that unlike its competitor in Wizards of the Coast, it will not be pioneering its own virtual tabletop software as they want to prioritize the virtual tabletop that their fans choose. 
not trying to squeeze extra money out of their fans, other devs could take note. Imagine that, huh? <laughs> such such a world we live in. And in this week's news that nobody cares about, uh, if you go on the internet and you search some, so we just say suspect websites, you X. should consider <laughs> x.com, for example, uh, you should Definitely consider using Opera GX. A report has come out that has said that they will wipe your browser history after 14 days of inactivity. Um, they've introduced a fake my history feature, which will give you a clean slate for your history as they assume that you would be unalived or just move to a different browser. One of the other, the, a quote from the, the Reddit post that came out from them is, stop for 14 consecutive days and we'll assume you're dead or just using a different browser. In that case, in, in that case, you'll just be dead to us. As a parting gift, we will auto-delete your browser history and replace it with a totally fake but nice version. Think volunteer work, single-source chocolate, and composting at home, a rose-tinted redux of your web life, even if it is a little embellished. It's pretty nifty. I've seen the memes on, on, on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it, and the social media team behind Opera GX are absolutely phenomenal. This is a really funny... <laughs> funny solution but i can tell you now there's probably some people that are going to be like they would have read that and be like oh, and they're going to do a double take on the things that they search on the internet which by the way guys no <laughs> <laughs> what i find so funny about this is that they're being so nice to people who are just not using their browser but it is a way to incentivize more people to use their browser for the mm. slightly more sus things as you said like how many people have said if i die delete my browsing history First pretty much all, what they're you're leaning doing into <laughs> you're doing it wrong if you're already searching things like that you should already be wiping your browser or i mean there's so many different there's so many internet browsers out there right mm. i mean microsoft edge is the number one browser for downloading a different browser right especially when you do a fresh install of windows Very on your funny. pc all right but it's it's such a, a really cool thing that they've done. Uh, obviously, I think I think some of it is leaning into some memes and everything, but it is a really cool feature, you know? Like, after 14 days, don't worry, guys, we'll just wipe your browser history, which is nice because from from a protection standpoint as well, it does protect uh, your, 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 your personal information, your browsing history. If a device becomes compromised, say, for example, uh, you have a laptop and, uh, you know, it gets stolen, whatever the case is, or, you know, even your PC, cell phone, whatever the case is. So really nice feature. I really like it. And uh, yeah, if, if you guys really want a good chuckle, go on to X or Twitter, whatever you want to call it. I'm still stuck between what do we actually call it at the moment. But go go there, follow follow the voice mod as well as the Opera GX accounts. The things that they do together are wild. It was, it, it's a really good chuckle, them, Ryanair. But uh, yeah, cool feature, Opera GX. Good on you guys. Well, that about rounds up on using gaming this week. Thank you so much for tuning in to episode 17 of your week in gaming. And a big shout out to our friends over at Esports Central for partnering with us on this podcast. You can find us on X at YWIG Podcast and by email at yourweekingamingpodcast at gmail.com. I'm Andrew and you can find me on X at my name is Pengu. You can find me on Twitter at Nari Mizuki. <laughs> Never going to call it X, bro. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. I'm not going to call it. I'm not going to say you're going to find me on my X. It's not happening. <laughs> We say what, my Instagram, your... my Facebook. I am not saying my ex. You are not going to find, like, no. Just no. One day, Sam will eventually be like, it's, it's ex. That day might not be, it, it, it's not now, but it will come soon. <laughs> I'm just waiting for people, like, like, you watch people in Twitch chat, and they're like, oh, my God, drop her Instagram. I'm just waiting for the, oh, my God, drop her ex. <laughs> <laughs>
makes no sense, bro. Our next episode will be out on Friday, August 18th, 2023 at 7am GMT Plus 2 and across all major podcast platforms. We'll see you then next week. Bye. Bye.